0: The vast majority of people get stuck doing a job they don't love, living for the weekend or their next vacation. Life becomes about these brief moments of extravagance and not about the day-to-day. Unless you make peace with the concept of life and death, then to a lesser or greater extent there will always be a concern that life is pointless. With this thought at the back of their minds, people believe that happiness comes from external things, such as getting a car. Or going on an expensive vacation. Happiness, peace and purpose become not only an external destination but something in the future to aim for. We get so distracted by what we think we need to be happy that we miss the moment in which we are actually living in, and in desperation to get to that future destination we sell the one thing we can't afford to lose, our time. We trade our time for dollars. So that we may save up cash to buy things and experiences that will ultimately fail to placate our anxiety. They can't do anything but fail, because they are merely deflections from the true concern. You cannot have life unless you accept that it comes with death. This is how the whole universe is balanced, and there is nothing that escapes this rule. Without loneliness, hate, and hostility, we could not appreciate or give context to love. We want world peace, but it is impossible to get this utopia because it is a scenario that is out of balance. What we still have not understood as a species is the harder we try to force our will on the universe, the harder it will push back to maintain the equilibrium. Take, for example, the war on terror. Has it succeeded in destroying terrorism, or does it appear to be getting worse? Of course, it will get worse. What the Western world is doing is hitting a revolving door harder and harder, and then getting angrier and angrier because we keep getting hit in the back of the head. Of course, you may think this theory sounds familiar. This balance is often referred to as karma. But beyond Buddhist circles, you're more likely to see the concept of karma used as a threat. Certainly, if you observe social media, you will notice that karma seems to be more about revenge than it is about balance. Someone will post a status, complaining about being treated unjustly by another person, and a well-meaning friend will chip in with a "'Don't worry, honey, karma's a bitch' comment.'" This is not how karma works. I think this entirely misses the point and implies that God, the universe, or whatever you want to call it, is somehow on a mission to avenge misbehaviour on our behalf. As I mentioned before, the universe is a river, and if you jump in and consequently get knocked over by the rapids— It is not that the river wanted to punish you but rather the result of your actions in applying force against the water and pushing it in an opposing direction to the flow now you might be wondering if it's really true that striving to create happiness will be automatically balanced with the potential for pain to an equal measure then is it not better to do nothing and live with the hand that we are dealt and don't you see that this conclusion brings us back to the whole point of the book? to the whole reason why people stick in miserable jobs, living hand-to-mouth for a lifetime. If you avoid dealing with life, then you will avoid dealing with death. If you have a crappy job that you don't like, then how much of a loss would it be to you if you got fired? Well, providing you could quickly replace it with another crappy job, then it would be no loss at all, correct? But if you landed the opportunity to do the job of your dreams, the career that you've dreamed of since being a child, and get paid for it, then, wow, oh, losing that job. Now, that would be painful and difficult to accept. That's a big risk to have in your life, is it not? But hopefully, you can see that sticking with the crappy job is not a route to happiness. It may protect you from an event that may or may not happen if you had the job of your dreams, but in the process of constructing a safety net against your anxieties becoming solid, you also make yourself miserable as a byproduct. I really want you to understand that I am not standing atop an ivory tower dishing out this advice. I do not see our relationship as master and student. I believe we are kindred spirits, making a journey together, learning and discovering together. I tell you honestly about my faults and past mistakes, because I want you to know that you are not broken. Our struggle to understand the gift of life is commonly shared, and what I have discovered is the more intelligence you have, the harder your struggle will be. I have often joked how wonderfully peaceful it must be to be blissfully stupid. But of course I don't really aspire to achieve stupidity. That would be stupid.